0: Hi and welcome to the 10 Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach and author of Food Truck 101, Beginner to Winner. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. We all love the excitement of a good roller coaster. As soon as we get on that little cart and it starts going up that hill and we hear the little tick, 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 tick as it approaches the crest of that very first drop, we get excited. We're getting ready to throw our hands up in the air. We're getting ready to feel all that wind on our face. It is a fun ride. But if you're sitting in your business office looking at a graph of your food cost and you see really high peaks and really low valleys, you're impacting your profitability. We refer to that as a food cost roller coaster. And in food world, that is not a good thing to be on. So when someone comes to me and says, hey, I've got a food cost problem. Can you help me out? I ask them a series of questions. The first one is, do you know how to place a proper food order? And invariably, the food truck owner will say, yep, I know exactly how much I need, and I don't ever mess up. And then I ask them to explain how they order, how they place an order, and they don't give me any details other than, well, I just know I need this, and I know I need that. All of your inventory needs to be based on real sales, and you create what's known in the food business as a par stock. A par stock tells you when you sell a certain dollar amount of something, you're going to sell this many products. So for example, if your certain dollar amount you're projecting is $2,000, that represents so many sodas, so many chips, so many fries, so many burgers. You base your projected needs for your inventory and for your purchases on historical data. So if you are doing, let's say, $1,000, and on average, $1,000 day means you cook 50 burgers. You take that $1,000 divided by 50, and that gives you 20. And that 20 is dollars. So that means every time you sell a single burger, it represents $20 worth of sales in all the other accumulated products as well. Not that the burger is selling for $20, but every burger that's sold has $20 of other food associated with it. So one burger, 20 bucks. So if you decide that next week is going to be a super busy week and we need to order to cover enough sales for say $2,000, you're still taking that same amount at $20, and now dividing it into the 2,000, that means you need 100 burgers instead of the 50 that we started with. You can do that for every single product. The only time it gets a little complicated is when you have multiple flavors like chips or of drinks. And then you just have to learn through, again, keeping very good track of your inventory, that if I'm going to do $10,000 worth of sales, I'm going to sell you know 300 individual sodas. And then you just have to learn the mix is going to be mostly Coke or Diet Coke or whatever your area consumes but you do that for every single major product item that you have that costs a bunch of money because you don't want money sitting on your shelves So you have to create a good par stock system. The next question I ask is, do you verify your order when it's received? Some people are able to get deliveries from Cisco and other food distributors, but just because you paid for it doesn't mean that's what you're getting. You don't just let anybody accept your food order. You don't just let anybody sign for your food order. You need to be the one there showing up, verifying that the food is coming in, or you gotta train somebody. And that person needs to be trained on how stuff's supposed to be stored, how to verify that the food coming in is what the food was ordered, So you're taking it against an invoice. And then they also be able to recognize things that tell them there could be problems with this food, like freezer burn or what a defrosted box looks like or what a frozen or a refrozen box looks like. What frost means on different boxes. They need to know how to break open a case and then weigh it. I can't tell you how many times I have bought a 25-pound box of tomatoes, stuck it on my scale, and it's been 22 or 23 pounds in it. And of course, the embarrassed driver just goes outside and grabs a couple tomatoes off of somebody else's case, brings them in to put my case up to 25 pounds. That's all that happens. But you have to check your own food. You cannot assume because the bag says it's a 50-pound bag that there's really 50 pounds there because you're paying for it. Make sure you double-check your order when it comes in. Next question I ask is, do you have posted prep lists? These lists should be updated weekly, and they should contain real usage amounts, not a guess. So going back to that par stock, you can break that down into... If I sell 50 hamburgers and I'm going to need this much lettuce, this much tomatoes, this much pickles, this much onions, you can break that down specifically based on the recipes. So you're not guessing. You're looking at what you really sell and then computing that into your recipes and then displaying that particular amount for your people that do the prep or for yourself if you do your own prep. So if you need to prep 100 of something, give yourself a little buffer, maybe a 10% buffer, and prepare 110. But don't just say, yep, that looks like enough, because you're just guessing. This is a business. Write down the numbers, learn your own numbers, and then match the numbers coming in as far as sales to your output as far as production and prep and cooking. And don't finish out a case because you're halfway through a case of lettuce and go, well, I'll just go ahead and finish it out, save me some time tomorrow. Food doesn't work that way. Food is perishable. As soon as you cut into something, as soon as you break it out of whatever its original packaging is, you're now on the clock for it to diminish as far as its usability time goes. So don't think you can get ahead on perishable products. Prep what you need, put the rest away, and use it for the next day. If you have your staff doing prep work, follow up on them. Spot check weights. Like, for instance, if you do deli sandwiches and you pre-weigh for an Italian, for instance, you pre-weigh the ham. If you're using capicola and if you're using salami and uh, pepperoni, you have all those things pre-weighed. So when somebody orders one, you can just grab that one pre-weighed item and assemble it into a sandwich. You need to double-check your staff to make sure that they're weighing it the way you want them to weigh it. If you're expecting there to be four ounces of meat in that package of ham and capicola and pepperoni and salami and there's not, you've got a food food cost problem or you're cheating your guests and they're not going to come back because the sandwiches are skimpy. Whatever your recipes are, follow them and then make sure your staff follows them. You have to follow up on them. That's what being an owner and a leader is all about, following up. The next question I ask is, do you have a recorded waste program? What that means is you know you're going to have waste. And if you're going to tell me that you don't have waste, then I'm going to tell you you don't know what you're talking about. No matter what food product you have, there will be waste on it. If you buy tomatoes, you're going to core out the core. That's waste because you can't use that. If you slice it into slices for sandwiches, you most likely aren't using the top shoulder piece and the bottom piece because those don't taste good. They don't chew the same way as sliced tomato does. So you throw those away. That's waste. It's the same thing when you're cooking barbecue, for instance. You buy a 10-pound portion of meat and cook it. You don't get 10 usable pounds out of it. That's not necessarily waste, but it is something you need to record and follow up on to make sure the cooking procedures aren't being abused because if they are, then that gives you less yield out of that particular product. It's the same if you cut your own cheese, the same if you cut your own deli meats. You will have some waste. There will be the little end pieces you can't turn into a full slice. So there's always going to be a little bit of waste. It all needs to be collected and then it all needs to be priced. It all needs to be put in a single place for food only. So you have one trash can designated in your kitchen area or your cook's area that is trash only. And it should have a clear trash bag so that way you can pull it out of the trash can and look all through it without having to get into it to see what's in it. And if you see things that aren't recorded on your waste sheet, then you can take a knife, cut that thing open, lay it on the floor and say, look guys, this waste sheet does not match what's in this trash bag why next question i ask do you inventory major cost items daily so for example if you sell several different kinds of meat say in a barbecue truck for instance you have pork and beef and chicken all those things cost a whole big bunch of money so you need to be inventorying those daily to make sure that what you think you sold and what you used coincide And when there's a discrepancy found, you have to figure out what has happened. Why am I missing food? Where did it go? And if you can't figure out where it went, the only reason left is somebody stole it. They either stole it as in they ate it, they stole it as in they took raw meat out through the car so they can cook it at home, or they gave it away to their friends. So you have to do major item inventory daily. Too many owners make the mistake of assuming either their staff steals too much or their staff doesn't steal at all the truth is the staff will do what you allow them to do. Grazing, for instance, is something that people do from their home kitchens. You know, they're cooking something, they're always testing it, making sure that it tastes right, or they're just snacking as they're cooking. Employees see that at home, so they figure, hey, it's going to be the same way in the kitchen at the food truck. So they're grazing and snagging fries and taking bites of food as they're prepping it. You know, if they're slicing pepperoni, they're taking a couple of slices for themselves. The next question I ask is, do you count your entire inventory every single week? And you would be shocked at how many food truck owners do not count an inventory. You must count everything every week. I'm telling you, the best thing to do is to count everything weekly and to count the major costly items daily. And if you have long shifts, count it twice a day. Figure out where the food is going if you have a food cost problem i have at certain points in my life counted a full inventory daily because we had food cost issues that i could not figure out and i wanted to make sure i knew where the food was going and who was responsible for my food cost problem so at minimum count your full inventory weekly because i can promise you as soon as you let up on counting you're giving away money and it may take you a while to figure it out but it does happen Next question I ask is, do you know how to track a food cost problem? So after you've counted your inventory and done all the math and figured out that you're missing something, do you know how to figure out why you're missing it, how it's missing, and then what to do to fix it? You can't give up. A food cost problem is extremely frustrating, especially when you can't figure out where it's going. But you eventually will. you got to keep searching. you got to keep digging. you got to figure out where is this food going. And it could actually go all the way back to your recipes. The recipes may not make sense. They may not be mathematically fit, but you had to figure out if you think on paper you should only be running a 25% food cost and every week when you count it, you're running a 33% food cost, you got a problem because that's an eight point difference between what you think you can do and what you are doing. And that eight points is coming directly out of your wallet. It's your profit that is not there. Your food costs will only improve if you focus on it daily. You train your staff and then you hold them accountable for the results they produce. You talk to your staff every single day about inventory, about prep, and about waste. It has to be on the top of their mind, and the only way it's going to be on the top of their mind is if you're talking about it all the time. You want to talk to them through the shift, give them feedback at the end of the shift, let them know whatever goals that you had for the shift as far as waste or cooking or remakes. You are going to talk about all of those things and review the results with everyone that touches your food. The roller coaster will turn into a gentle decline if you take the necessary steps for controlling your food. Just use the questions as an eye-opener. I promise you, if you answer the questions honestly and then if you need help, ask for it. Because your profit, it really does depend on your actions. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please consider becoming a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep me going. If you guys need a business coach to help you reach your food truck's full potential, check out all of my affordable services. There's a link in the description to help you find my website. If you guys like being around like-minded, positive people, join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels from just starting to decades-old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping food trucks. And again, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow because you guys know I got plenty to say about the food truck industry.